It's Divas That Care Radio. Stories, strategies, and ideas to inspire positive change. Welcome to Divas That Care, a network of women committed to making our world a better place for everyone. This is a global movement for women, by women, engaged in a collaborative effort to create a better world for future generations. To find out more about the movement, visit divasthatcare.com after the show. Right now, though, stay tuned for another jolt of inspiration. Hello to all. Welcome to Divas That Care Network. I am Joyce Benning, and I will be your host for this robust lifestyle show. Please check out our website, divasatcare.com, and see all the amazing hosts and their shows of women they are interviewing around the world. I am just so very, very excited today to have a brand new diva, Jenny Jeblonski, with me. And she is going to speak about intuitive healing. Oh, man, I am very excited, and she totally has my interest. So, Jenny, could you please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself? Thank you, Joyce. Yes, thank you for having me on your program. Um, Well, uh, currently, I work as an intuitive healer and an animal communicator, and this was not a natural path for me. This was not a known life goal, even a decade ago. I worked in international security. I carried a gun for a living, and I became very ill, and the doctors weren't able to uh, help me understand uh, what was wrong with me. And eventually, after several years of misdiagnosis, I was um, put on uh, many different non-narcotic medications and then finally an opioid medication. And that opioid medication led to a near-death experience for me. During that time, I was almost bedridden. I had previously been a horse person, ridden horses, trained horses, etc., And um, it really brought my life crashing down. I no longer had the physical skill, the cognitive ability, the balance, the strength, the health to do the things that I wanted to do. And in the near-death experience, I remembered, spontaneously remembered, that there was something important I needed to accomplish, and I had not yet accomplished it in my life. And so I came back rather than going through the entire near-death experience. Goodness. Oh, Jenny, that is, wow, that is incredible. You have really experienced something in your life and how you felt that feeling during that time that there was something important you needed to accomplish yet. Is this? kind of what led you to be an intuitive healer and along with an animal communicator? Yes. Um, Prior to my near-death experience, I knew nothing about spirituality or alternative healing modalities. In fact, I had never heard the term. And along the way, I have to say that I realized that the important thing I had to come back to do was to heal myself. Now, that's not to diminish the value of so many wonderful gifts and talents 
um, and accomplishments that we all bring to the world, to our society, to our families, um, to animals, to seekers. But I think the primary important thing, if we had to make a list, would be to to become self-aware, to heal from the inside out. And that's a very shamanistic perspective. You, you might be aware of um, archetypes such as shaman, sage, wounded healer, etc. And the wounded healer archetype was actually born of the shamanic myth, the shamanic historical perspective. And that is that a shaman would almost always have some type of near-death experience or traumatic event, which would lead them to remember that our reality is more than it seems on paper and science class and history. And that event would propel them on a journey of discovery, of education, of self-awareness. Nowadays, people are born this way. Not everyone that is empathic or intuitive has had a near-death experience. That is not a requirement by any means. There's a great awakening happening on Earth right now, and it's happening to a lot of people. Um, for those of us that have uh, had near-death experiences, including myself, when it happened, I didn't even know what a near-death experience was, and for many years after, had not heard that term. And so in the beginning, you do feel a bit special, unique. Why did this happen to me? You know, you travel the world, you visit sacred sites. A lot of people do it. But when you meet the community of tens of thousands of other people who have had this experience, and then you become aware of the many other people who have uh, psychic abilities, intuitive abilities, empathic abilities, and soul purpose, you realize we're not so different after all. Right, right. Oh, my goodness. And, oh, that is, that is just beautiful how you explain that. And we, I truly believe, too, we are all given special talents. It's just letting ourselves release those talents. And I've heard so many different people say it took a traumatic experience for me to realize that that was what I was supposed to be doing. Until then, I was not living what my talents were truly at. Oh, wow. Goodness. That is, that is quite something. Wow, you were um, you were very traumatized during that time, and yet, does it help you then to be able to relate to like traumatized animals, traumatized people, in a special way since you have experienced that kind of an experience? Well, from my perspective, the answer is yes. But please understand, I'm not a psychologist, a therapist, a neuroscientist. I can't explain why the brain works the way it does, why our spiritual gifts manifest in the ways that they do from a scientific medical perspective. Everything that I talk about is from a 
extrasensory, an expansion of our known five sensory experience, what can be referred to as a multi-sensory, multi-dimensional awareness. And uh, the answer to that is yes. I actually um, suffered uh, extraordinary emotional and physical abuse as well as sexual abuse and uh, serial abandonment throughout my younger life. And so I had a lot of unresolved trauma that I had to deal with on my journey. And my journey, uh, I did not immediately become or advertise myself to be a healer. I had tremendous ability immediately following my near-death experience. I could see energy, and I saw multiple kinds of energy, multiple layers of energy, colors, energy systems, blocks in people's heart, imprints in people's energy field. I would sometimes see movies. I was very aware of dead people and dead animals. And I could talk to plants and spiders. <laughs> um, now, throughout my life, I did not have a history of mental illness. I certainly, um, you know, got depressed from time to time and struggled just like the next person. But because I knew I was sane, and because, I, thankfully, I had a husband who loved me and was committed to our marriage, I didn't question what was happening to me. And I feel that that is probably the primary blessing on my journey was that I really believed that what I was seeing, sensing, and feeling was real. I had a deep knowing, a very grounded knowing. And unfortunately, um, because as, as you may be aware, many people who have NDEs come back with a little more than plain vanilla intuitive, you know, abilities. Mm -hmm. You know, we come back a little supercharged <laughs> with, the, um, with the connection to the other side being just turned up like a fire hose. And so for some of the people that I went to uh, in seeking out counseling or education, some of my knowing was a little beyond, uh, let's say, training that has been, um, you know, metaphysical training that has been mainstreamed, let's say, for the past 50 years or, or 30 years. And so mm -hmm. I did have a, a rough road, but the the underlying sense that I needed to heal myself before I started trying to help other people was very strong. And I mm -hmm. did go on a very thorough um, dive inside my own psyche, my own heart, my own energy system, my own body in order to learn what I felt I needed to learn in order to legitimately say to others, I feel I have something to offer you. And wow. it wasn't until a couple of years into actually working with people, and the way that happened was the healers that I was going to, um, they all recommended me for other clients that they had. They said, hey, you have something to offer, you know, this person or that person. Will you please help them? And pretty soon I had clients you know, in six or eight countries around the world. And I was on the phone wow. six or eight hours a day, sometimes 10 hours a day. 
And it unfortunately interrupted my healing experience. So I did take a little bit of a step back and really tried to make sure that I was focusing on myself several hours a day. But in those experiences with people is when animals started coming in to the sessions for people. And that's how I became aware that I could translate. In fact, it was the animals that told me, you went on this journey of healing and overcoming trauma, and now we are asking you, we the animals are asking you to translate that healing journey to abused and traumatized animals and help humanity understand that animals can and do get traumatized, can and do carry hurts and resentments, can and do get confused about who they are and what their purpose is, and can and do get cut off telepathically from their own soul family. I see it time and again. And I take that directive very seriously from the animals. Mm-hmm. That is that is incredible. I just love hearing all that, especially how you can relate to the traumatized animals through all this. And they're the ones that helped you too. That is, oh, that is incredible. Now, do you feel, do horses, I see on your website, there's a lot of pictures of you and horses. Do horses play a bigger role for you than some of the other animals do in this? healing process and in helping others and communicating with them? Well, I would say that the lion's share of my animal clients are horses. Mm-hmm. Okay. However, I have had profound messages from dogs and goats mm-hmm. and wow. birds. <laughs> and um, I've actually even had a couple of clients bickering about, you know, the, the special abilities of horses versus the special abilities of goats who do goat yoga. <laughs> it's pretty interesting. And, uh, you know, the woman, of course, that worked with the, with the horses, uh, uh, this little uh-huh. six-month-old goat came up to me in Colorado last month, and he said, you know, I have a message for this woman that does equine therapy. And I said, oh, may I give you the message? It was not his owner. And th- th- his owner and the woman that does equine therapy were friends. And I, so they both gave permission. And so I said, uh, this is from the goat speaking to the woman. I really appreciate and honor everything you're doing with animals and, and especially with horses. But if horses have a problem with goat energy, then there's something wrong with the horse. <laughs> oh. And right away, right away the, uh, the two women started a little bit arguing about this experience that had happened the prior week or two. And the little six-month-old goat has had asked its mother, hey, can we go over to where they do the equine therapy? Because I want to learn about that. And the mother is quite intuitive, and she heard it. And so they proudly walked over there, her and her six-month-old goat, to this woman with a master's degree and a very interesting, I don't want to call the woman out, but let's just say she has a master's degree and, you know, works in, in equine therapy. And so they go over and very proudly say, may we please watch your, you and your horse work because, because this little one wants to learn. And they both, the horse and the human, said, no, I'm a, I'm a horse. Goats can't do what horses can do. And right away when I heard that, I said, oh, come on. We are not getting the message 
Every mm-hmm. animal is just as unique as every person. And this little goat was a powerful ancient soul who had tremendous wisdom to give and a tremendous purpose on this planet to, to help people and to interact with people and to bring forward messages in a very cogent, grounded way. And he felt quite invalidated, as I'm sure he deserved to be, by this amazing woman and her horse. And so I hope that really answers, you know, one thing I would like to say real quick, and I apologize um, if it feels like I interrupted you. Um, a lot of people project onto every single animal, especially domestic animals, the medicine as described by the indigenous people and some other um, uh, spiritual constructs, that animals have sweet medicine, animals have wisdom. There are many books about power animals and totems and the wisdom and their meanings and what their messages are. But the truth is, that in domestication, a lot of this has been distorted. A lot of the access for these animals to to reach into that realm and bring forward the wisdom has been interfered with. And not every animal is necessarily limited or should be limited by the definitions prescribed in certain books about what a skunk's medicine is or a coyote's medicine is or, God forbid, a little goat's medicine is. Do you you understand Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Um, We've kind of labeled them to what we think how they should be and what they should do. Is is that kind of what... uh, I'm kind of hearing is uh, we've kind of tried to change them to fit our lifestyle instead of listen to what they're trying to tell us sometimes. Right. And mainstream science and mainstream psychology has now really mm-hmm. picked up on the fact that equines, in particular horses, have very large hearts and generate very large electromagnetic energy fields. But they're falsely ascribing horse abilities to the five sensory worlds. Um, For example, there's new research now that shows that a horse can hear a human heart from five feet away. So they've now extrapolated that into horses communicate with one another through hearing the heartbeat to determine if they are in in distress in the herd. And that mm-hmm. is somehow what triggers the fight or flight response. And nothing could be further from the truth. Although hearing <laughs> is a very important sense that we all, uh, you know, most of us have are blessed with, I should say. But that is not how animals communicate with one another. Animals communicate with one another through energetic, telepathic, multisensory fields in the same way that humans do. But sadly, if we as humans don't recognize ourselves as infinite energetic beings, infinite souls, divine souls embodying this very limited human form, why in the world would we recognize animals as such? So it's, um, I, I think there's a, there's a lot of confusion out there right now. And, and sadly, a lot of misuse of horses because of it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. That, that is so interesting. That is incredible. And you've spoken so much about the energy fields. 
And can you just kind of touch on that just a little bit to some of our listeners that may be going energy fields? What uh, what What is she really talking about? Can you just kind of fill our listeners in a little bit about the energy feeling, the energy fields? <laughs> well, I'm sure there are some people out there listening right now who, like myself, you know, 11 years ago, I didn't know what the word chakra was. I didn't know. I never heard the word subtle bodies. Uh, I didn't understand energy center. Um, I didn't understand trapped emotions, you know. And those same people can probably relate to a term such as intuition. Well, I just had a knowing that I was supposed to call my girlfriend last night. And sure enough, she had also been thinking about me, and I was able to help her resolve a situation. Or for some reason, I just wanted to go home instead of going into the restaurant. And I asked my husband, can we please get the food for takeout? I feel like we need to go home. And then you come home, and one of your animals is in distress in the pasture. Mm-hmm. The sense mm-hmm. of this deep sense of knowing that has to do with our psychic senses, our empathic senses. And with respect to energy, different spiritualities, which have healing modalities attached to them have defined for thousands of years, the energy system. For example, Hinduism is related very closely with pranic medicine and the seven primary chakra energy system. Chinese medicine is uh, closely related, is the, let's say, creator of the meridian system and the concept of chi and the concept of shen and the concept of the five elements. And we could go on and on and on. Those are human energy systems that have been talked about for, to my knowledge, at least 4,000 years on the planet. And this is what I mean when I'm talking about energy. It is the, the, the photons of light, the data, the information that we cannot see with our eyes, but we can feel when the hair stands up on our arms or we get a weird feeling on the back of our neck or a gut feeling in our stomach. Mm -hmm. And that is what I'm talking about. Oh, wow. That was a fantastic explanation. I want to thank you for that. That was awesome. That really, that put it into perspective for people that are going, what does she mean by energy fields? So that, that was a beautiful way to explain it. (laughs) And, there was a quote on your website. I love your website. We will definitely, we will post your website so people can uh, go to the link and check it out because there is so much information on there. But there was a beautiful quote that I loved on there. It said, sometimes all it takes is for an animal to be heard, met with respect, and held in an unconditional love. That almost brought tears to my eyes because I'm like, oh, my how true that is if we could just give them that unconditional love that they so freely give back to us. I just thought that was totally beautiful. (laughs) 
Well, thank you. I wrote that in response to a woman who had a very um, simple session with me with her animal. They weren't terribly traumatized. They didn't uh, have a, a real difficult life. Uh, they were able to manage their own energy. They seemed quite in alignment. There was just a little bit of misunderstanding between them. Mm-hmm. And the difference that, from my perspective, however, there was a lot of um, of behavior in the house that was undesired. There seemed to be a lack of connecting between the human and it was a dog. And just by us having the session, by the owner paying me to communicate with her animal, and my being able to be a clear messenger for the animal to the human to clear up misunderstanding, it seemed like a very basic, very simple conversation. Yet the difference that it made in the household to the quality of life that the dog had from that day forward, to the quality of their relationship, to their connection, their closeness, the joy that it brought the woman to now have a bond with her animal. That's why I wrote that in response to her, because it seemed as if all I did was listen and help to clear up a little misunderstanding. It didn't seem that I did work any magic, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Oh, oh, that was a beautiful explanation too to that statement because I just, I just love that statement. That is so true. I, I'm definitely going to have to post that statement because I love that statement. I'm going to have that posted for myself. That is so beautiful. <laughs> well, we, this has been such a phenomenal time visiting with you. I just loved interviewing you, Jenny. I cannot believe how fast the time always goes. You have. So so much information to share. As we come start to get to come to a close, is there some final tips, tools, advice you would like to leave with our listeners today? Well, with respect to our animals, I would say please open your hearts and please understand that they are affected by our thoughts, feelings, and emotions, by what's going on in our household. They are affected. They do hear us. They do understand because their consciousness, as quantum physics is proving about humans now, is non-local. That means they don't need a frontal lobe to understand the linear processes of the mind and the way a human does to understand our human conversation. They are also an infinite being in a tiny little, whether it be three pound or 2,000 pound body. And so I I just ask everyone to think about that and to to go into your heart space and share that love and compassion with our animals because that's why they're here. They're here to experience Mm -hmm. love and they're here to give love. But I would like everyone to know that I do work with people as well. It's my primary passion to help people understand their journey and to especially help people at the beginning of their journey uh, because I know it can be quite confusing. Yes. Uh, Oh, those were some beautiful tips and tools. And I definitely would love to have you back in 2021 so we can go more into how you help on the human side. We touched a lot on the animal side today. And I would love to have you back and have 
go another route too with everything you're doing because you you are an incredible woman. I I am just overwhelmed. I just loved it. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And if people want more information about me or my work, um, there are more than twenty interviews on my website that that are oftentimes an hour or two hours long. Um, at www.heartofthehorse.us. The extension, again, is .us, heartofthehorse.us. Okay, okay, definitely. And we will definitely post that website information on this podcast. And and I highly recommend all the listeners to go to your website because, yes, there is so much information on there. It is it was total it is totally an awesome website and you are an awesome person. <laughs> and I just want to okay. thank you again. <laughs> thank you Joyce and thank you for what you're doing as well and sharing so many beautiful people with with the world really allowing all of us to have a voice and to reach a broader audience. It's very much appreciated. Well, you are so welcome, and I want to thank you so again for being my guest, and I do hope you will return in 2021 and keep us updated on everything that's happening as an intuitive healer, as an inspirational speaker. You have an opoid crisis listed on your website. and We have so many more things to talk about in the next interview. <laughs> and we will definitely be posting all of Jenny. Jablonski's social media links to this podcast and I just want to thank all of our listeners to listening to this incredible interview with our amazing new diva Jenny Jablonski please share this show with your family and friends be sure to check out all the hosts and their shows on divasatcare.com have a fantastic day be kind to all Give your animals an extra hug and share your love with them. Until we connect again on Robust Lifestyle, stay strong and healthy. Thanks for listening. This show was brought to you by Divas That Care. Connect with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on divasthatcare.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter so you don't miss a thing.